in the hobby. It's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We hype ourselves up thinking that we could pull, I don't know, Hall of Famer. But with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com. The only repack that provides real value, a complete view of all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy slab packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. There is nothing more fun than opening an Arena Club slab pack. I mean, it is so much better than any mystery pack that I've ever purchased because there is a focus on transparency. There is a display of available cards. There are hit rates you can get. When you're graded, you're given a rationale. It is the marketplace for card collecting, buying, trading, selling, and displaying. Arena Club Slab Packs are revolutionizing the repack game with transparency. After your pulls are revealed, they'll immediately be placed in your vault for safekeeping or trading and selling. You can have them officially graded by Arena Club. The Arena Club grading process is accurate, fast, and transparent, with a full grade rationale provided and explanation of how your card was scored. Whether you're buying, selling, trading, or displaying, Arena Club is the card collecting platform you have to check out. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash badmoney. Wow, that's a crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack, that's $40 right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash badmoney for 10% off your first purchase. I love to track progress. As you guys know from listening to this show, I'm constantly tracking my progress. What have we done so far in 2024? And spring is in full bloom. Are your finances blooming too? With the Chime Secured Credit Builder Visa Credit Card, it's easy to start building credit with everyday purchases and regular on-time payments with no annual fees or interest. And if your credit scores grow, so could your opportunities for lower rates on loans like for a car or a home. You can use it everywhere Visa credit cards are accepted. That's right, you can build your credit using your own money. Get paid up to two days early with direct deposit. With a qualifying direct deposit, you can get access to your money sooner. Fee-free overdraft with SpotMe. Overdraft up to $200 without fees with SpotMe when you set up a qualified direct deposit. Just set up a qualifying direct deposit, sign up for SpotMe, and Chime will spot you up to your limit when you make a credit card purchase or cash withdrawal that exceeds your balance. Access 60,000 plus fee-free ATMs. That's more than the top three national banks combined. Easily find one near you with the Chime app. Send and receive money. Use Chime to pay anyone, Chime members or not, and cash out your money fee-free. With Chime's secure credit card, you can start improving your credit scores right away. Get started at Chime.com slash bad money. That's Chime.com slash bad money. Chime. Feels like progress. The Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit Card is issued by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. Out-of-network ATM withdrawal and OTC advance fees may apply. Terms and conditions apply. Go to Chime.com slash disclosures for details. You got problems that you ought to be concerned with. Hoorah! You don't know how you're supposed to earn it or what to do with it or how to keep it. You're a freak with a dark, shameful secret. But you're not the only one. Get your hidden financial fears with a blast of sun. Now your healing has begun. It's back with money with Gabby. Done.
Hi, welcome to this week's Bad With Money mailbag episode. I'm Gabby Dunn, and I have recorded some amazing interviews for the upcoming episodes of Bad With Money. I've talked to Dr. Eric Serini about pinkwashing for LGBTQ corporate pride, and to Paco De Leon about creatives and money. And I am so, so excited because all of the guests that I've talked to so far are amazing. Those are just two of them. Basically, the whole season is filling out real good, and I will let you know as soon as possible when those episodes are coming. I cannot wait to share them with you. On today's show, we're going to finish out some replies to the Big Libertarian email from three weeks ago, and then I will read your Insta comments, Apple reviews, Discord comments, and talk about a new Subway pay system. Okay, so our first thing we're going to do is finish up the replies to this Libertarian email. If you go back three weeks ago to the mailbag called Libertarian Destroys Gabby, uh, you will get the beginning of this saga. The episode last week included three responses to that email, all of them very intricate and uh, and, and educational and brilliant. I'm just going to finish up with two final comments slash Facebook comments slash emails about the libertarian. Okay. And then we're going to be done. Maybe. I don't know. Probably I'll get more emails from you guys about this. Okay. So uh, this is from Tess and it was on the Bad With Money Facebook page, which I will put a link to in the description of this episode. And it says, I think that's what bothered me about that email. Putting the means of control in the hands of the producers does not mean any random dude will fix your fridge like the writer suggested. It means a person with experience fixing fridges who does that for a living will be the one to see the profits from their business, not a CEO who sits in an office all day but owns the screwdriver the repairman uses. So many good analogies. Even last week, all of those emails included amazing analogies. There are actually versions of capitalism that can potentially realize this vision too, such as Kate Raworth's donut economy, which I'll put a link to a description of also in the description of this episode. The root of the problem is the pursuit of growth at any cost, which in modern times looks like companies that hoard their profits to give them to the shareholders and directors at the expense of paying actual workers. Yes, excellent comment. Okay, and here is one more reply to the libertarian email also from the Bad With Money Facebook page. This is from Hadley. Unfettered capitalism is what led to this entire corporate-tocracy shit show in the first place. An economic political system in which a country's trade and industry are controlled by private owners for profit rather than by the state is what has led to CEOs having the money to influence economic policy. We also know that basically all CEOs in this country are not self-made. They were born with a silver spoon up there. Beep. (laughs) What What a visual. Okay. We've seen private owners do terrible things to save pennies, be it cutting hours in order to avoid offering health insurance, paying a non-living wage, using tactics to dissuade unionization. When the means of creating profit are completely unfettered, the powers that be will do evil shit. Exploitation is baked into the crust of a capitalist system. This person says we're confusing capitalism and corporatism. It sounds to me like they're confusing capitalism and commerce. Damn! Wow. I I really honestly was not even going to read that libertarian email because I was so confused by it. And I'm so glad I did because you guys are just so much smarter than I am, or at least more educated than I am on the topic of economies and corporatism and capitalism. So I do appreciate it. I think I do want to say that I I have flippantly used the term capitalism as a catch-all, and I'm going to keep that in mind in the future and try not to do that as much. So thank you for that. 
Okay, now I'm going to read an email from Hugh in Vancouver, um, and it's about cryptocurrency. Hi, Gabby. Love your podcast and the diverse financial perspectives that you showcase. I have a couple retirement accounts that I've contributed to for a few years. It's all very basic, ETFs and index funds. No complaints about that so far. Last year, I wondered if I should add crypto to the mix, but wanted to learn the basics before jumping in. Unfortunately, trying to learn about crypto has not been a good experience. Setting aside the rampant scams and cons, the crypto education space feels like it runs in parallel to toxic libertarian politics. God, I thought we were done with libertarians. They just, it's like, it's like alien. Like just when you think the libertarians are gone, they're actually inside the ship. I want to learn about crypto technology and tokenomics, but inevitably I wind up in a corner of the internet that's anti-vax or uncomfortably adjacent to white nationalist right-wing politics. My YouTube recommendations are wrecked. (laughs) Ew, this is so funny and cute. Sorry. What are your thoughts on this? Is anyone teaching about crypto from the progressive side of the aisle? Or is this whole thing a right-wing cult that I should stay away from? Hugh from Vancouver, Canada. I don't know because I personally stay away from crypto. I'm really terrified of it. It's kind of like NFTs to me. Like I just, I've tried to understand it. I kind of understand it. I am not someone who can take that sort of risk. I just know that about myself. Um, So if someone wants to write in with any help for Hugh, I would greatly appreciate it. I have, at least in terms of investing, I have really in the last year had to learn how much volatility I can really stand um, and how much emotional discomfort it gives me. And uh, crypto might be too rich for my blood, <laughs> to be honest. Um, but I'm sure there are progressives teaching about crypto. I, I There has to be. Um, so please write in with any information for Hugh. That would be amazing. But I totally feel you. I stay away from it. And maybe I'm wrong. I mean, if someone here is like really progressive and loves crypto, call into the show, write into the show, because maybe I'm completely wrong. And maybe Hugh's completely wrong. I love to be wrong. Okay. And now we're going to read an email from Justin about teacher's grants. Hi, Gabby. Justin Brown Woods here from Price of Avocado Toast podcast. Oh, lovely. Yes, Price of Avocado Toast is a podcast that I've also been on. I hope life is well for you and your partner. Exciting stuff with Mal's EP coming out soon. Oh, yes, just a little, just a little heads up. My partner Mal Blum's new EP, Ain't It Nice, is coming out soon. I directed the music video for their second single, which comes out March 8th. So you should check it out. It's called Candy Bars and Men. And I directed the music video. That's right. I'm a director. I'm not just a voice in a microphone. Okay, back to Justin. I wanted to respond to the mailbag episode where you mentioned teachers and the public service loan forgiveness. You don't have to read this on air, but I figured I'd share since you mentioned it. Aha, Justin, but I am reading it on air, mostly because I like your podcast and also you complimented my partner's EP. And also I get to tell people that again, on March 8th, I directed the music video that is coming out for their song, Candy Bars and Men. Okay. Anyway, Justin writes... His co-host, Haley. Haley mentions often that she would love to retire me out soon from teaching because of the stress. She's thought that I could become a financial coach alongside her or even just do something with less stress. I am currently in year three of payments towards PSLF, Public Student Loan Forgiveness. However, I also took out a loan called the Teach Grant for about $8,000 that requires me to teach in a high-need field or a Title I school for four of my first eight years teaching. If I don't fulfill that, my grant is converted to a loan that is tacked on to my $40,000 of student loans. Holy crapola. This is another huge carrot for many educators. If I leave now, I not only will lose the PSLF unless I work in public service elsewhere, but I'll also convert that TEACH grant to a loan instead. Yikes. So I'm at least staying past year four to make sure that gets repaid, and then we'll see from there. 
Teachers really do get stuck in a toxic situation because of the debt implications. It's really unfortunate. Anyways, figured I'd share my experience with the Teach Grant. Not sure how common it is. And so I wanted to let you know. Take care and keep doing incredible things, Justin. Wow. That was a really great email. And obviously I'm going to read it on air because it was really informative. And if you're a teacher, I'm sure this is not news to you. But if you have anything to add to Justin's email, please write in because like I said in the last mailbag where we talked about teacher's grants and public service student loan forgiveness, I need to know more about this because it's not my experience. And my listeners probably need to know more about it. Okay, now we're going to hear a funny little voicemail from Abram. Hi, I'm Abram and I'm from Salt Lake City. So the moral of today's story, never go to the mall alone. I made the mistake of going to the mall on my lunch hour, and I made the even bigger mistake of walking past a spa store with salespeople at the door handing out free samples. I was physically dragged inside with my hand exfoliated against my will, and in order to get out of that interaction, I had to buy something. To make a long story short, I'm now left with some very nice but very useless to me bottles of moisturizer and face exfoliator. (laughs) Abram, that is so funny. Um, who among us has not been lured into a mall lotion and nice smelling sprays shop? I won't say which shop, uh, but you know, what a relatable experience. And they really do push that you have to buy something. But I think it's the samples, right? The samples are there to get us. And honestly, I think people that work at that shop could also be car salesmen. (laughs) Um... That was a very funny voicemail. Thank you for sending that. Okay, when we return, I'm going to read your reviews, Discord comments, Insta comments, and touch on our news story. Stay tuned. And we are back. Let's get into some Apple reviews. This one is from Halsiford, and it says... I wish I would have found this podcast before I ever found Dave Ramsey. And then they censored Dave Ramsey's name, which is very funny. Thank you, Gabby, for everything. Oh, thank you, Halsa Ford. This is from Suki Tsuki, and it is five stars. Amazing podcast. I enjoy listening to Gabby and their guests and their insights. Hopefully one day Gabby can guest on Slate's Money podcast and really expand their messages to more people. Keep up the amazing work, and I hope you are around for many more amazing years. Thank you. That's really sweet. This is a Discord comment that I thought was interesting about coding. I'm not going to say usernames from Discord anymore, just um, unless you really want me to. So include that in your post and say you can use my username. But if not, I'm just not going to use them because I want people to have privacy. Hi, my first post here. I wanted to chip in with some of my own money experiences. I'm a software engineer at Google and became an engineer about five years ago by finishing a three-month coding boot camp. Before that, I was a poli-sci major and was struggling to find work. Doing the coding bootcamp changed my life, radically improving my quality of life because software engineers are very overpaid and I have lots of privilege in the U.S. I recommend coding bootcamps to anyone who is interested in a career change and has an interest in coding slash tech. Disclaimer that it can be extremely stressful as mine required studying about 100 hours a week. It took a toll on my mental health, but I still think it was worth it in the long run. Another disclaimer that some coding boot camps are scamish, so it's worth doing research and talking to anyone you know who has done one to make sure it's worth your time and money. Thank you. I read that because I think people are looking for career changes and stuff that they can do from home. And um, I just thought that was some really cool advice. If you've ever taken a coding boot camp, please write in and let me know or give me recommendations for ones that uh, maybe my listeners should do. This is an Instagram comment from Dauberson0205. 
They told me I could use their name. This was about the episode that we did about don't mess with Texas pre-pandemic job levels, where uh, Texas was listed as a state that has returned to, quote unquote, pre-pandemic job levels, which I was like, what does that even mean? And then some Texans wrote in. So this comment on Instagram says, loved this episode. And as someone who is also from Texas, I want to throw my hypothesis out there. I've lived in Austin my whole life, and people talk about when the 2008 crash happened, Austin wasn't as affected because we were in a tech bubble. There are a lot of companies moving and expanding here. Although, Tesla and Elon. (laughs) That was really funny. Thank you for including that. And literally millions of people are moving to Austin. Also, Houston is similar. So I propose that maybe we have recovered our jobs, but they're in new tech sectors and not in teaching the service industry jobs that were affected by the pandemic, which is unfair because the people who were affected are still facing horrible conditions and it's less affordable to stay living where they are. Excellent point. Excellent, excellent point. That is why I was very skeptical when that article was like, don't worry, all the jobs are back. I just thought that can't be true. And I think this person has nailed it. Finally, someone told me that I needed to talk about this. And it is an article that says, New Yorkers using the tap and go subway payment system will get free unlimited passes. The new policy dubbed fare capping will kick off on a trial basis on March 1st. I will put a link to this story in the description. I know the last couple of things have been really U.S. centric. It doesn't get more U.S. centric than talking about Texas and New York. We've got both sides of the coins here. Yeah, you know, this is kind of shitty because people do use cash <laughs> to um, to ride the subway and it's just pricing people out of the subway or it's creating more of a barrier for people to be able to use the subway. Like, I don't know. The subway to me was always such a great equalizer and now... It's just so expensive. The fare has risen so much. And it's just like kind of strange that they're making it this class thing. I just, I don't know. It feels very classist, all the moves that have been happening on the subway. Um, If you live in New York and you have thoughts on these changes to the subway system, please write in. I don't live there anymore. So I don't have my boots on the ground information that I would have had in the past. But I don't know. Just rub me wrong to read that. But Yeah, I I don't know. Maybe I've romanticized the subway. (laughs) I would love to hear from you. Be sure to send me an email at gabbyisbadwithmoney at gmail.com or leave me a voicemail at 844-474-4040. You can also email me a voice memo if you prefer. Join our online communities too. We're on Instagram, Discord, Patreon, and Facebook. Links to all of these will be listed in the episode description. Don't forget to listen to the show the day it drops so we can get on the charts and spread the word. Also follow at Pod on Insta and me at Gabby Road. Okay, thanks. Bye. Done.